Hi, I'm Liz Kapko, and I'm the host of the L Podcast. This podcast is all about L's, so letting go what doesn't serve you, learning who we are, what we want out of life, and how the hell to get there, leveling up in life, and most importantly, learning to love ourselves in the process. So let's go. Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Happy Thursday. I have a really special guest today um, that I have actually never met in person. So I think it's very normal now to be have a lot of people that you've never officially met, but you feel like you almost know a little bit better because you've been following each other online. And so I have a fellow person with diabetes with us today, Zena, and I'm super excited to have her on and to talk about all things mental health, because it's something that I will never stop talking about and that we just need to keep having these conversations about. So thank you for being here. And can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So th- firstly, thanks for having me. This is so cool. Um, my name is Zena. Um, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I was uh, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about almost 20 years ago. I can't believe it. And um, I have had like quite a journey with my mental health. Um, I'm in, I'm 34 years old and I truly have like, have been thinking about my mental health and been dealing with it since uh, I can remember. Uh, So, you know, it's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, uh, a lot of adventures. And yeah, I feel like everyone can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Especially these past like two and a half years, I think has really made it very, very hyper aware of how, just how important mental health is and how important community is and hearing people's stories. So awesome. Well, yeah, super excited to have you on. So kind of what, and one thing that I want really want to focus on in this episode is not just mental health, but like mental health and medication for it, because that's something that growing up was a no-no, like, no, you just, you know, cheer up pull yourself up, do have a hobby, do something positive. Um, So it was very much on the person to, you know, quote unquote, cure themselves from whatever was wrong um, or shake it off. So what was your view on medication before you tried it? Great question. Um, Much of the same, actually, kind of what what you just said. Um, I grew up in a home. Uh, I'm an only child and uh, my dad is an immigrant. He's from uh, Northern Africa and my mom is uh, Canadian, white Canadian. And my, both my parents had a very specific view of mental health. And it was, you know, nothing is wrong with you. You're dealing with this inappropriately. Uh, get yourself together. And I have this very vivid memory of uh, probably being in like my last year of high school and dealing with a lot of depression and not having the words to expressed that I was like quite depressed and my mom uh waking me up in the morning and I didn't want to get out of bed and she and her saying are you depressed or something you know just angry at me for even uh bringing up the word depression uh in our house uh so my my relationship with mental health was fraught and my relationship with medication didn't exist Uh, I didn't even know there were mental health medications uh, that could help until my 20s yeah and like I resonate so much with that because I remember when I first kind of told my family that I had any sort of like struggles with my mental health was I was so anxious 
and like overwhelmed that my body shut down and like half of my body was paralyzed. And so I had to go to the ER and they're like, you know, what's wrong with her? And they're like, oh, it might actually be this. And I remember being told like, well, what are you depressed about? And as, as a daughter of an immigrant, like I could understand maybe, you know, I didn't grow up during the great depression. I didn't grow up, you know, in scarcity and not knowing if I'm going to have a meal the next day or the next meal at all. So I could maybe understand how my parents maybe didn't understand why I could still be depressed, even though I had a roof, I had essentials that they didn't have growing up. Um, So it was very much that comparison of like, I should just be grateful that I have anything. Like, what am I to be depressed about? And that was really hard, especially as a teenager to be told that what I'm feeling is wrong and that it's my fault. And yeah, I also didn't know anything about medication until my doctor brought it up when I was finally going to a doctor by myself, let alone therapy. Um, did you ever go to therapy? I did. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the first thing I did to, to even approach the topic of mental health was, uh, actually thanks to like an ex-partner of mine. Um, we were going through some really difficult times and, you know, I, I think about it now, I can reflect about it now. It's been about a decade and I was, I was dealing with an immense amount of anxiety and an immense amount of depression and with no therapy, no medication, no outlet in any way, shape or form. And like, no wonder, no wonder I was upset all the time. Um, and, and he actually suggested that we go see a couples counselor to, you know, explore our relationship, see what was going on. And after that very first uh, session with a counselor, um, the counselor emailed us both individually and said, I think it would be really wise for each of you to embark on a separate journey with therapy. And that was, you know, yeah, probably coming up on 10 years. And and for the last 10 years, I've been really fortunate to be able to afford therapy and to have some, you know, a therapist who really genuinely cares about my well-being. And I'm thankful for that, for my therapist every, every damn day. Yeah. I yeah. start going to therapy until I was on my own in college and I had access to an actual therapist and counselor. And so it is a privilege and unfortunately it's not available and accessible to everyone. Um, But yeah, it's something that like my father passed away when I was 14 and I'm like, how did I not like go through counseling through that? Like how many other things do people go through as teenagers? That's just already a really difficult time. And then add on all these other things that life throws on like a pandemic and everyone in therapy it is one of the best things I love that I think you're you're hitting on some like very important notes and and it's funny you you said you know like what else do we go through while we're a teen well you know speaking of being people with diabetes right like I was down I was diagnosed with a chronic illness when I was 16 years old and and like no in none of my experiences with my care team with my doctor with my endocrinologist was a therapist ever brought up And, you know, the conversation of like, how are you feeling? How are you processing this a large, like large amount of information that's being thrown at you? Uh, Like, how are you doing? You know, no one asked me that. No one even thought to ask me that. I don't think. And that, that like breaks me apart to think about kids these days who are having to deal with these like monumental changes in their lives with, with no support because no one knows that they need support. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, I don't think it's ever been brought up like, my doctor asking yeah. about mental health or my therapist asking about my diabetes. Um, I think thankfully there are more therapists that are specializing in chronic illnesses, which I'm super thankful for, but 
it should be like mandatory. Like you see, like for me with diabetes, okay, you have an endocrinologist, but you also have a therapist because they exactly. go. Um, yeah. So what made you decide to try medication or how were you taking care of your mental health before that? Yeah. So I, I, as I said, I started therapy about 10 years ago and, um, I did have, uh, breaks in between. I, you know, I, where I, where I found my anxiety and my depression getting worse and I would treat that with alcohol and I would treat that with drugs and it was easier to do that than it was to do anything else. And I, I remember hearing about uh, Lexapro in spe like specifically the antidepressant uh, and thinking, can that really fix the problems that I have? I don't know. I don't know if one mm -hmm. tiny little pill could ever do that. Um, and my, my feelings around medication were that if I took medication, I was failing. Um, I was giving in. I was giving right. into the world, pressuring me to be medicated, to, I, I, and, you know, I say that, yeah, exactly, ex exactly, <laughs> karma, and I think about it now, and I, I, gosh, I wish someone could have just talked to me back then, you know, like, I, I thought being medicated meant that you were in the daze all the time, that you didn't, you know, you couldn't have normal conversations, that you couldn't have normal interactions, uh, that it was difficult to like have relationships with people. And I thought, no way, there's no way I, you know, the relationships I have now with my friends, with my family, with my partner, all good. I'd rather have that than have nothing at all. And I truly like believed that it was not going to help me. And so I'm very thankful for my best friend. Uh, my best friend is a pharmacist and has this like very deep understanding of drugs. <laughs> very shout out to Tanya. She's the best. <laughs> and uh, she'd actually talked to me about um, medication for years. Like, you know, we've been best friends for a very long time. And she brought it up years ago when she started to see this behavior of mine get worse. Um, and like in particular, while I have dealt with depression a lot, I've dealt much more with anxiety as an adult. Um, and the anxiety is crippling. It, it is crippling. Yeah. And I had a weekend. I remember this very vividly. I had a weekend where I had binge, binged, just binge drink, done drugs, everything. And my best friend sat me down and she was like, I think it's time for you to consider something to help you because I don't think you're okay right now. And I was, I just remember being so mad at her and so mad that she had like, how dare you have an opinion about my mental health? Yeah. Um, and, and the audacity of you to actually say something, yeah. but I, you know, it took a couple of years for me to finally like sit down and think about that decision and think about that conversation again, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the success with medication that I have now without her, her and her interest in my mental health. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Shout out to Tanya. I'm glad she did that. Yeah. <laughs> Here you are today. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, I think a lot of, a lot of people have that view of medication in general being like a last resort, a failure, um, especially for mental yeah. health. And I always tell people like, if you have tried, like you've genuinely tried to surround yourself with, you know, good people, have a good support system. And you've tried all these things that everyone in society tells you, you should be doing to stay positive. You know, yeah. if you've been doing all those things and you still don't feel like it's helping or that you feel better, like that's where medication comes in. And yeah, I love that you said the whole about, you know, feeling like you're going to be in a daze because that's, I think how it's portrayed in media. Like medication is you're just sedated. And Absolutely. I feel I feel like that when I'm not on medication, like when yes. I'm not on my medication, I am not myself. I can't function. I 
I'm either talking too fast or talking too slow. And it's, it's really crappy to not feel like myself. And it just progresses to the point where you're so not yourself that it's scary. Um, at least for me, that's how my anxiety gets me too sometimes. So yeah, I just actually listened to your, the two anxiety episodes you had uh, earlier. Yeah. And, and like, I thought it, I, I felt you when you were talking about how, you know, you take in a break from your medication and you just didn't feel good. Yeah. And, and I think those are, those are the moments where you realize like, holy crap, this is really helping me. This is making yeah. a tangible difference in my life. And golly, like I can't imagine days without it even more uh, anymore. Like it's, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not. And and there's many times where that sometimes happens where like I moved, yeah. and we have to get a new provider and get a refill. And like, that just becomes like months and months until you can get your medication. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I've realized how much it helps me only until I wasn't on it anymore. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this, this makes a really big difference. And I always tell people my medication helps me be the best me that I can. Like, Exactly. This helps me be Liz. This helps me be as average as I can be. Um, so yeah, medication, I don't, and I don't know how you feel about your medication, but from those episodes, I came to the conclusion that I might just have to be on medication forever because yeah. of my anxiety and depression. And that was something that I really struggled with because I think I still have some of that internalized medication is bad and you shouldn't have to be on it and you shouldn't have to be dependent on it. Yeah. But if not being on it means I feel like that, then absolutely not. Like I'm okay with being on it for the rest of my life. And I'm thankful that I at least have that option to have medication help me be, you know, as normal as I can be for myself. Yeah. I love the way you just said, or where you said earlier, like this helps me be Liz you know, and this, my medication helps me be Xena and helps me be like the truest form of myself where I can like genuinely give back to people who are giving to me. And that, that's like immensely important in my life. And I don't, I, I feel the same way. I think, I think at this point in my life, I will be on medication for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I, I, I always felt bad for my husband because I think he notices the difference more because I mean, he spends the most time yeah. with me besides my dog. Yeah. Um, of just seeing how different someone is when they're on medication versus when they're not. And so did you know of anyone that was on medication before you tried yourself? I love that question. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it, thinking about it now. I don't think I did. I don't think I knew anyone who was like out out for lack yeah. of a better term, um, with, with their medication. And I, I try, I try to remember that when I talk more publicly about, about mental health meds and how I'm, how I am taking them and how I'm very proud to be taking my pills. Um, because I think it makes a difference. And, uh, I remember the first time I posted on Instagram, an Instagram story about, um, anxiety, and like having and dealing with anxiety. And I think, I think I posted something about having gone to a therapy appointment and the, uh, like the people reaching out to me for resources, just to say thank you. And just to like share their experiences was overwhelming. I couldn't believe how many people resonated with that. And I, I always think back to like, you know, okay, I didn't have anyone to talk to for like for experience sake when I was uh, preparing myself to take this medication. And 
golly, what I would, would what I would have given to have someone to just tell me it's going to be okay. And I, I hope I can provide that for someone in this world because it really, uh, it would have made a huge difference for me at the time. Okay. That is a great segue to my next question. I <laughs> think that, yeah, I also didn't really know anyone because the people that I did know that were dealing with depression and anxiety also refused to be on medication, refused to seek treatment because of the stigma around it. And so one thing that I wish I would have had someone to talk to about to tell me about medications for mental health is that it might not always help. It might make yeah. things work or make things worse. And so I have found the medications that work for my anxiety and depression, but I've also been on other ones that increased my suicidal thoughts that, um, that did put me in a daze. And so what has your experience, like, are the medications you're on now medication, the one that you started with, or did you have to try different ones? I think that's such a, such a great question and such an important thing for people to know, right? Like the first medication you take may not be the one you remain on. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I started my, uh, my doctor started me on Wellbutrin and I have been on Wellbutrin since, yeah, Wellbutrin. Uh, and it's worked out for me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, and I have added in Lexapro mm. at times. The Lexapro did not work for me. I felt awful. And I, I felt my anxiety increase again. And I felt the nausea take over, like the anxiety yeah. nausea take over. And it wasn't worth it for me to continue. But but the the best thing that you can be reminded of is that there are other medications to take. Yeah. And there are other options out there. And again, like I didn't have anyone telling me that. I didn't have, my doctor wasn't telling me that. It was, oh, this doesn't work. Okay, I guess we'll stop it. Yeah. And that was the end of the conversation. It, so there are so, like there are, so to answer your question, yes, I'm on the same medication that I started <laughs> okay. with, and and it's been great. Um, but but I I acknowledge that that is not the case all the time, and I'm very lucky for that. I remember when I first started taking medications in like my early 20s. It worked for a really long time, and then I realized that there were certain things that were changing about myself. That I was like, am I just getting older, or is this like normal? And it eventually started impacting my relationships because my libido was just like to shit. And yeah. I like talked to my doctor and I'm like, is this like, I mean, that's super uncomfortable to already talk about it, to admit that like, I'm a young 20 year old and I don't want to have sex. Like that's not, you know, yeah. quote unquote normal. And she's like, oh, well, it might be your, you know, depression medication. And so do you, we can try a different one. And I was like, if I had never brought this up, I would have just been a 20 year old, never having sex. And, and I'm like, that sounds really crappy too. <laughs> so yeah, other options. And it's just a matter of, unfortunately, of trial and error, right? You're going to have to try Absolutely. one, deal with side effects. And you don't have to put up with side effects. Like you don't have to give up your sex life in order to not be depressed or not have the, you know, such a intense depression. Um, yeah. So definitely- if you do try medication and it doesn't work, like, I hope that doesn't deter people from being on medication because when you find the right one, Ooh, baby, it's good. It helps you feel it's so, so good. <laughs> it's so good. So definitely hang in there. Um, yeah. And that's, I love that reminder too. Like that's such a, so advocating for yourself is the hardest thing to do. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, between the chronic illness stuff and mm -hmm. the mental health stuff, like, 
I, I have no other option. I have to be the squeaky wheel to get some grease. And it, it has worked. (laughs) I, you know, it sucks that we have to advocate for ourselves, but you know, but we, we do and talk to your doctors about these side effects. If something isn't normal, they will tell you. And if something doesn't feel normal, still we're talking about like that's such an important reminder to put out there and I know for at least the Mexican culture standing up for yourself to your doctor like advocating for yourself that's very rebellious that's very Mm -hmm. like healthcare providers and like priests are like on the same level like you don't question them you don't talk back you know they're the experts and so that took me a really long time to kind of get around because I know my body best. I know what I feel day to day. Like the doctors know the medications and other stuff, but you do have to advocate for yourself. And especially with your mental mental health, because they're the thoughts that you have to live with, right? It impacts your quality of life just as much as any physical illness would also. So what advice would you give to someone who's, you know, debating whether or not they need medication or how did you know I guess you kind of explained a little bit, like at what point you knew you needed to add on medication. Yeah. Um, gosh, what advice would I give someone? Good question. Um, you know, I'm having trouble answering that question because the traditional side of me is saying, well, go talk to your doctor, but I didn't talk to my doctor. Um, I didn't talk to my doctor because I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable giving my doctor the, the, a a glimpse of the thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only thing I can urge someone to do is to talk to someone they trust, just talk to someone they trust. Cause you know, between my best friend and, and, and my partner, they were the only two people hearing what, what was going on in my head. And you know, the, suicidal ideation and the anxiety that was like throttling me at the throat and they were the ones who kind of like urged me to seek solace and to seek relief and I wouldn't have done it without their support and without their help now I know not everyone has someone that they trust and they love and I I can all I can urge is to like have someone reach out to like a mental health professional there are places that will help you get um, help you get meds and help you get the help you need uh, more specifically, you know, like, uh, to be perfectly transparent, my doctor st- still doesn't make me feel entirely comfortable to talk about my mental health with. So I actually st- sought out medication from a provider named Felix and it's on, it's on the internet. You talk to a nurse practitioner and you, you can get a prescription for mental health meds through them. And it, it, I was so thankful for it. I didn't have to talk in person with someone. I got to talk over Zoom with no cameras on, with a, a, a mental health professional who got me the medication I needed. And like, there are resources out there. I wish I could just throw them all in a spreadsheet and share them with everyone. Um, I, I do my best. But there is a link on my Instagram profile for some affordable mental health things, but um, it's difficult. It's hard, right? When you don't have like a support system or a, or a person you trust. Yeah, I've definitely seen more of like, places or companies that offer that where like you don't need to have a doctor's appointment to get this prescription for your medications for several types of medications, which is really great. Yeah. Um, I would say for advice, don't knock it till you try it. Like you try it, the worst things that can happen 
are you deal with some of the side effects you get off it or try another one um worst case scenario it helps and that you feel better and and I know like I'm comfortable talking about being on medication I'm comfortable talking about my mental health but if just because if you feel like you're going to need the extra support that medication can provide that doesn't mean you have to talk about it that doesn't mean you have to tell people about it either um so like don't let that also be kind of a barrier for you to get the help that you not only want and need but deserve so yes. yeah, don't knock it till you try it deserve. yeah I love that that's great advice <laughs> helps so much and yeah it's also I don't think a lot of people understand what like anxiety and depression are like it's an actual chemical imbalance in our brains yeah. that no amount of like positive podcasts or you know reading things or bubble baths is going to fix and so yeah. It's not entirely up to us to try to fix everything. We can do our best and do what we can with what we have, but sometimes we just need a little extra help from the inside out. So exactly. Thank you so much for being on here. I have really loved hearing your story and I think a lot of people are really going to resonate with it. And I really am thankful that you've been very transparent and I know this episode is really going to help a lot of people. So Thanks for being on here and I will talk to you guys next week. If this podcast was helpful, please share it with a friend, with a coworker, with a neighbor, with the stranger down the road. Uh, help me spread this knowledge as far as possible because we all sometimes need a friend that's there for us that's looking out for us so stay tuned thanks for listening in and i'll talk to you next time